This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back, Mam Fam and Aladdin fans around the world. It's all Aladdin talk for us tonight here on the Mad About Movies podcast as we break down another Aladdin movie here on the show. We broke down the uh, the throwback version, the 1992 classic animated version of Aladdin in the VIP just a few days ago, actually. And um, here we are again, more Aladdin and uh, more fun times here on the show. Um, it's a great time to be uh, a listener of Mad About Movies because we're going to get you involved in the show more than ever before, uh, starting today. And uh, the debut of our segment, Ask the Mam Fam. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that <laughs> round of applause. Um, this is uh, going to be exciting, and uh, we're going to get you involved. We have our phone number that we put out there, and some people called and uh, left us some questions, so we're going to get to that um, very soon. Of course, our in-depth review of Aladdin 2019 and a special edition of Weekly Recommends to wrap up the show today. But I want to welcome in my co-hosts, Richard and Brian. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. So it's, um, it's going to be good to talk about this one because uh, there was something uh, at stake with this Aladdin movie this, this past weekend with the movie, when it comes to the movie draft uh, side of things. Um, mm. To catch up the listener on the movie draft, uh, that's a fantasy movie uh, or a fantasy football, basketball-style um, contest that we have going on the show, a little fun, friendly wager between these hosts. And uh, uh, Richard had picked Aladdin. And uh, so the main things that um, are affected, um, his score is kind of the Rotten Tomatoes uh, uh, final score and, of course, the box office. So those are the two things we're looking at. Um, it did win the weekend. It won the, the Memorial Day weekend, the four-day weekend, with over $100 million. So I guess that means Lion King is going to make $900 trillion. <laughs> I've got one, too. Right? I leaned in hard to the animated remakes. Yeah. You did smart, smart. It could it could work out for you nah, in the in the long run. These um, last Kent Kent is Kent is one of these NBA teams that blew his whole cap as he should have on one superstar. <laughs> it's like those like late two thousands LeBron yeah. teams where it's like LeBron, right. and then mm-hmm. so Kent's got us. It's uh I don't yeah. know. Let's just let's if we if we could go back in the uh, uh, in the time machine, the DeLorean or something. I, I'm pretty sure if I would have had the third pick, that Avengers probably would have still been on the table. Would that not have been the case? Because you oh, no. probably still would have picked Lion King. No, I would have picked overall. Avengers first. You would. I had Avengers first. Yeah, because okay. it's the end of it. If it had been Infinity War, you're probably right. But I knew the last. I one thought you were going all in for Lion King, no matter what. So, nah, it was second. Lion I think King I would have gone Toy Story first, probably. 
I probably would have left Avengers on the table for a second, and that would have been dumb in hindsight. But yeah, cool. I probably would. He also loves. Can't, uh, Brian also has uh, several Sam Bowie jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's all about the number and, two pick. And Nicholas and his game used <laughs> right, and game used knee braces from Sam Bowie as well. So. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what happens with uh, Avengers at the end of the day. I don't think it's number one yet. Still, um, I don't know what's holding. Not quite. And if it's not there, uh, or if it is there, it's been the, the quietest moving into number one of all time. We haven't seen any kind of fanfare uh, whatsoever. It's, it's got to be very close. It's not quite there. It's about like within a couple million dollars. It's yeah. It's it's pretty close. It's well, you know. It's still got a ways to go. Avatar's two point seven eight eight million dollars and Avengers Endgame right now sits at two point six eight seven million. So it's one hundred so behind. Yeah. One hundred million. Yeah. I think it'll do it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I do too. Uh that's that's really interesting to see kinda how Disney plays this next couple of months, given the fact that uh they're just competing against themselves for the most part. And um whether it's Avengers, whether it's Aladdin, whether it's Toy Story or whether it's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home at the uh, beginning of July, they've got plenty of money to make over the next couple of weeks. So we transition now into Ask the Mam Fam. This is a segment that we're going to hopefully do every couple of weeks. Maybe we'll do it every week if we get uh, the quantity of questions that uh, that, that requires. So what you're going to do, if you want to get involved in this segment, it's simple. You're just going to call on your cell phone, uh, your iPhone that actually makes calls. If you go to the call app, you can dial a number and it makes calls on there. And the number you're going to dial uh, to call us is 214-308-1308. Uh, you can store that in your phone and call us after the movie. Call us after you listen to uh, the episode if you want to leave your comments, questions, or uh, whatever your heart desires. And we will get to those in this segment that we uh, would love to call. Ask the Mam Fam. So we ask you for your questions, and uh, and here they are. So, do we want to go with a uh, movie related question or more of a kind of an AMA related question, guys? First. Oh, um, let's let's start movies. Let's start movies, okay. and we can go to AMA if we have time for that one. So this the good? first question or the first, uh, I guess, call in the history of Ask the Mam Fam is Mike. So. Here we go, Mike. Hey, guys. It's uh, Mike here, a uh, long-time listener. Um, but uh, I just had a question for you guys. What makes a good screenplay? Uh, you guys talk about uh, dialogue a lot, and I think I have my own ideas about what makes a good screenplay, and I was kind of wanting to get your opinion about it. Thanks, guys. You do great work. All right. Well, you asked that question twice, which would not be in a good screenplay. It's all about a. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much for the question. Um, good screenplay. That's a g- great question. Um, we like to talk about this around Oscars time when we talk about the difference between adapted screenplay, original screenplay, and what, uh, what our choices uh, go into uh, those awards every year. But um, I'll let Brian and Richard kind of take the wheel on this one. They're way more into the, into the script side of things than I am. I'm way more into the, the production uh, and the directorial uh, side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Richard, in your opinion, what, what makes a good screenplay? What do you look for in a, in a good screenplay? It's an algorithm and I can't tell you the exact re- secret sauce. It's like porn, you know, you know it when you see it, but it's the thing <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's cleverness. Secret sauce. Let's see what you did there too. Yeah. It's, cle- it's cleverness plus uh, or 
multiplied by realness divided by um, originality. I would think it was, uh, it was like that would that would be the equation I do. So you want it to be clever. You think when you think clever, you think of Aaron Sorkin or something. So he's really high on the qu- clever quotient, quotient, but maybe not very high on the re- reality quotient. Um, Tarantino is very high in the originality quotient. There's a, there's a musical. I think there's a musicality. Um, column as well on this Excel spreadsheet, uh, where it just the rhythm is right, and it feel even if it doesn't feel real, it feels interesting. Um, but there's some some level of originality, uh, musicality, cleverness, and realness, and you just kind of grade across those four scores, average them, and whatever that number is, it tells you if it's good or not. At least in my brain, Brian. What about you? Yeah, I like that. That's that's a smart way to look at it. The the classic thing that you always hear about a good screenplay is there's no wasted scenes mm. that's a that's really about the movie itself but the screenplay you can kind of tell that on the page and sometimes you can tell that in the movie like what stuff has been added and what what feels like it was fully fleshed out before we ever totally. got to production or or close to it you know because because it's always something that any screenplay is getting rewritten kind of perpetually mm-hmm. Uh, in the process of making a movie, but but no wasted scenes and Can I interject just finding real quick? the right tone. Yeah, yeah I just want to say it's really interesting, I, and I'm really glad you did, you went there. Uh, it, when I hear screenplay, when you hear screenplay, I think you think story and I think dialogue. Neither of us are wrong, but it's both of those sure. things are true. I don't really care about story that much as a watcher. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I just want to hang out with the people, and if the people are interesting, I don't really care what happens. Brian is much more story driven. And dialogue is mm-hmm. an accoutrement to that, but it's not what drives him. So that's yeah. another weird thing about screenplay. It's those two things. Um, so I, sure. I, I'm glad you, you, you touched on that because both are equally important, but I think about one and you think about the other. That's really cool. And we both get to the same place. So totally. that's what's interesting. Cause we, I mean, characters is what we both, I think really mm-hmm. care about, but I care much more about the story that gets, that sets up the characters and you're more about the dialogue totally. that the characters are, if there's a mo- are saying on screen. If there's and stuff, a movie, and I mean, my dinner with Andre actually did this, but let's say something more realistic of just two interesting characters talking, having dinner. If that, mm-hmm. if that's fine, there doesn't have to be like a, a, a narrative crisis to me. That's fine sure. with me. Sure. Uh, whereas yeah. you, I mean, you would want maybe, you know, their lobsters bad or something, but, uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, it's funny that you, that you went there, but yeah, for me, I think of just dialogue. So I would grade across those four and then story. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm cheap on that. I like to be surprised, but I, I don't want to sure. see things coming and, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't waste time. Yeah. I think that's a big part yes. of it. And find the end tone is a big thing that we, that's not always fair to the screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, editing does that. Too. That gets, yeah. Editing changes that the director changes that everything kind of plays into it. But there are times when, and I can't think of a great example off the top of my head, but there are times when we will watch a movie and we're reviewing it on the show and it's like, boy, that screen, the, the tone of that was so perfect and it worked throughout and it was consistent. Mm. And that I think starts with the screenwriter. And then hopefully you just, you just have to hope that it, it carries over through all the 500 steps in making a movie. But I, I think it helps a lot if that starts with the, uh, with the screen, with the screenplay when it, when it gets to production and stuff. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's all really good answers. Um, I tend to look a little bit more at the production side of things. You know, I, I really mm-hmm. like to look at scriptments, you know, more treatment slash script, uh, than I do traditional screenplays because they tend to be more descriptive in terms of conveying what the camera is doing, 
um, what, you know, what the framing is of the shots, what the character, you know, how the characters are standing, interacting rather than just dialogue. Um, and so, you know, a screenplay like Get Out a couple of years ago, um, when it won Best Screenplay uh, at the Academy Awards, I think a lot of people that read that screenplay, uh, first of all, it's a tremendous screenplay uh, when you're talking about dialogue alone, but um, it only adds to the feeling that you get when you watch the film, right? When you read the screenplay, it adds to the mystery. It, it, there's so many things in the screenplay that are pointed out that you would never see on screen, like these little things that people were wearing or doing. Um, and I love those types of screenplays. So the ones I like are those, those kinds of ones where um, it's almost like a making of the movie rather than um, the, just the dialogue scenes written out. Uh, you know, like I, I would much prefer that kind of screenplay than like a Sorkin kind of screenplay, if that makes sense. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think we all kind of look for something different. And uh, the criteria is usually, uh, you know, usually at the end of the day, we kind of come to the same conclusions on that. But uh, that's a great question, Mike. And thank you so much for that. Um, all right. We're going to move on to Brian. Brian has two questions, and these are kind of AMA-related questions, but they're, they have to do with movies, so uh, it's, oh, it's all okay. good. So uh, here we go, Brian. Hey, man, Sam. Uh, this is Brian Simpson, a longtime listener, big fan, first-time caller. Um, I've got two questions for you. First of all, my first question, um, two movies that I liked that you guys did not like uh, were Draft Day and Robin Hood. If you had to choose one of those movies to watch again, which one would it be? My second question for you is, what movie ha that you guys have reviewed in the past that you didn't like, did you get the most backlash on from fans? All right? Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right. Um, most, let's start with most backlash from fans. Uh, that's a tough one. Because we get backlash oh. every single day. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Check the it's email. not fun to be a. <laughs> um, oh man, what did what did I hate or dislike? Everyone, Doug. Mm. What was there? We took a lot of crap for every DC. Movie. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily segment. us sure. uh, crapping on stuff that people love, rather than us pointing out why things suck. Yeah. And there's a small group of fans that think said thing that sucks is great and they're the most <laughs> god vocal. bless them by the like way. the elite elite battle angel fans yeah uh, you know those types mm -hmm. where it's generally you know recognized that that's not a great film but there's enough people out there that think it's like the next uh i don't know star wars or whatever it is that are, yeah, sure. are gonna write us and say that we were and, wrong and, you know that, that also, happens all the time uh, we talked. We touched on this a little bit, Brian. You weren't there on the on the book smart episode, but but uh, it, it, and again, we cannot make this more clear. And I think I don't want to speak for both of you, but I, I think I represent us. We a hate women and b don't think they're funny. <laughs> yeah, and so and I can't reiterate that. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of bringing it <sighs> up. And so, like, goes despite the fact one. that we're married to them, right? Or, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. No, no, I think, yeah, no, I love, yeah, all. It's the Ghostbusters one always sticks out because I'm a fan of every woman in it to an extent, some more than others. But I, I, I'm all for female Ghostbusters. The premise was awesome, I thought, and then the movie just sucked. The script wasn't yeah, good. Wasn't, wasn't a good movie. their fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we got a lot of crap for that for totally the wrong reasons. Like, I hate that. I hate. I don't care. You know, 
jokes are jokes, movies are movies. I, right. you know, whatever. Just be good. If it's all dudes, if it's all people of color, if it's all uh, women, I actually am more inclined to like those because they're new voices. Because how many freaking funny white guys can you see in your life? <laughs> and I'm like on their team going for it. And then you're like, oh, that just wasn't good though. And then you get a million emails about how you're racist or sexist or whatever. And I am. Right. But not to the extent that they, no, but no, but it's so maddening because because yeah. I go in so fired up and then it, I'm and then I'm already disappointed. Yeah. And then I get yelled at for being disappointed. That's always a good feeling. Right. Yeah, that's always the fun one when it's like, I mean, if you liked a movie that we didn't like and you want to tell us why you like totally. or why we're wrong, that's totally fine. You're well within your your right to do so. Um, I I don't love. <laughs> well, you didn't love this movie because you, and obviously the reason you don't love it is because you hate women or people of color yeah, or whatever something else. And it's like, no, it's it's just a bad movie. <laughs> That's all. That's really all there is to it. I promise. Like, I know. Uh, I know. But those are the fun ones. Those are the fun. There's ones. just no way to explain it either. It's like I need to have no, references. no. There's no reason. There's no reasoning on it. It's just like, okay, man, cool. Yeah, it's well, nice. Mute. It's the <laughs> so, same thing of like. But by the way, yeah. that's not just women or or minorities. I'm mean, look. We're three white guys talking about movies. So part of that's going to happen, and it should on some sure. level. We have a very myopic point of view on things, and that's fine to an extent. But it's the exact same impulse of whether it's someone defending uh, Ghostbusters because as women, or someone that's like a huge DC fan. It's the exact same impulse. One is a little more dignified than others i would say because one's a company and one's a gender so i would think you know maybe sure. the gender has right. has uh has ups on it but this is like no i like this or i am this right. i identify right. as a dc person so you hate this because you hate me and it's like nah it's just no. there's a piss jar I mean, man there's you, a piss jar like right. i don't know what yeah. to tell you <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you know yeah, exactly yeah, it was exactly. the piss jar was was what <laughs> sold me on not I, honestly <laughs> I, we always say this about the comic one and you guys know this is true with me I didn't know I know I'm not biased towards Marvel because I didn't know what was what until like <laughs> three and a half years ago I thought yeah like I thought That's Batman true. was Marvel until like 2013 like I so obviously I'm not in right. the camp for one or the other right. I just go in and this movie seems good and the other yeah. one seems you know, yeah. piss jarry, and I, I'm I'm rooting for the other one. I hope it turns out right. great, but right. whatever. That's always a fun one too, because it's like, well, if you just if you took the exact movie that of Batman v Superman and you just slapped a Marvel logo on it, then obviously everybody would like it. And you're, it's like, no, that's not. <laughs> it's just that it's not that I think Thor two is terrible. Is better than yeah, is better than DC. It's just that they've. <laughs> Made competent movies. <laughs> That's all. That's all there is to it. Like I'm anyway. So, what was the first question? It was draft. Uh, draft which, day which would you rather Robin watch? Hood. Which, which Robin Hood? Are we t- I assume he's talking Costner Robin Hood because Draft Day is also Costner. But maybe he's saying <laughs> no, Russell Crowe, uh, Taron Taron Egerton. One oh, Taron Egerton. Year. God, there's so many. I was thinking the Russell Crowe one. I forgot that <laughs> yeah. one happened. Yeah. Uh, on I saw yesterday. There's a new one on Netflix. By the way, there's a new Robin Hood on God, Netflix. Well, a new movie. God bless. You know, free uh, kind of eminent domain <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's called. Right. Um, <laughs> I would say. Well, if we're talking Costner Robin Hood, just for that Brian Adams song. Um, oh, totally. I would rewatch that yeah. one. But if it's the Egerton one, I mean, oh man, Draft Day is fabulous as a piece of antagonistic art towards anyone that watches <laughs> sports. That's a masterpiece. So I would say that. I too would prefer to watch Draft Day over Robin Hood, but it offends me more in some ways because I just 
Like Brian, the guy, the guy who asked the question, Brian's a huge sports guy, and I don't understand how anyone. I can totally understand how my parents could go see draft day and be like, "Oh yeah, it was fine. I liked uh, yeah. Kevin Costner. Oh, it was fun." I don't, but they don't really care about sports. I don't <laughs> understand how anyone could be a big sports guy and or girl, gal, and watch uh, watch draft day and be like, "Oh yeah, totally reasonable. Made made sense. Like, like really good movie. I love Kevin Costner. Like I just it offended me as a sports <laughs> right. fan." However, Robin Hood was just an abomination. So I would also watch Draft Day, but I wouldn't be happy. But what about, about the it, context of the Giant Snake cinematic universe? Because I know that's <laughs> right. That's Brian, the, that's best question. part, right? Best best thing since uh, uh, Robin. I mean, uh, what's it called? King Arthur, King Arthur. Legend of the Sword. <laughs> mm-hmm, best Giant mm-hmm, Snake yeah. appearance. Um, yeah, I don't like trying to make Robin Hood a superhero. I wasn't about that. Um, as well intentioned as they were, as much as I like Taron Egerton and want him to succeed. Uh, wasn't about that movie, which would I rather watch? Uh, probably Draft Day because there's more to make fun of. Especially for you, Kent, because you, you've been through 10 Draft Days. I honestly haven't seen point. Draft Day since since the episode. I probably need to watch it again. Yeah, it might I've, be a I've fun. seen that. Now you've seen me multiple times since, uh, believe it or not, since the episode. You a yeah, I was going to say, if it wouldn't get you fun. in trouble, Kent, it might be fun it to wouldn't. do a Draft Day. No, no, Let's no, do no. a Draft Day commentary like we did. We haven't done one in a while. We could do that. Like we did now, you see me years ago, where we sit in a room and watch it and have people sync up and do the thing. Maybe for the Vipers. Yeah, yeah. we should. There's a. But what would I rather watch? Probably Draft Day, just because I, I I would have more fun making fun of it. Honestly, Robin Hood is more torturous to me watching than Draft Day. <laughs> yeah. What's going to be fun is I'm even gonna though have Jennifer you guys- Garner's involved in uh, <laughs> in where <laughs> I'm going to have my. When uh, I'm going to have you guys over to watch Draft Day, I'm going to get about 43 minutes in, and I'm going to have Sarah come in with my mom's urn and be like, Richard, <laughs> we got to spread these now in the backyard. I'm going to be like, uh, we're kind of in the middle of a live podcast, and Sarah's going to be like, uh-uh, sorry, now or never, let's spread these ashes. Right. Because that's what and happens, right? Throw, throw Kent's laptop, <laughs> just smash it everywhere. <laughs> All right. We're welcome for those, Brian Simpson. Go Padres. <laughs> Thank I'll you. We appreciate that uh, that question. And uh, yeah, go Padres. All right, last question here on the first ever Ask the Man Fam. And again, if you want to ask your questions or submit your comments, it's 214-308-1308. Um, the last comment question comes from our friend Megan, who is on our Book Smart episode, as Richard oh. had alluded to. Um, she has a question, uh, kind of movie news, rumors, rumblings related. So here we go, Megan. Hi, guys. It's Megan Spell, and I'm calling in about the white-hot news that Robert Pattinson will most likely be our next Batman. I just wanted to let you guys know what I think. (laughs) In a pre-Wonder Woman world, you know, I would be questioning his decision here, but I obviously believe he can do anything, and I like a lot of Matt Reeves' work, so I'm really excited about this. I mean, you know, look at his jaw. Also, I think he'd do a really great, like, fake playboy Bruce Wayne, which is, like, an underrated part of the character, in my opinion. And honestly, I've felt, spent the better part of my life defending Rob's acting chops to random people. I'm kind of ready for everyone to get on board the Rob's Ops train. Um, I'm sure this is a result of some Illuminati of indie directors meeting in Cannes to secure future funding. But all in all, I feel like this is a win-win. Uh, you know, going from Christopher Nolan to Batman, like, that's a flex. So, all right, talk to you guys soon. Bye. What do you guys think? Our bats. First reactions, Brian. Man, I you guys are in on this. I'm I'm not against it. I I've tried really hard with Robert Pattinson because 
This is not just a like, well, he was in Twilight, so I must hate him. That's not. I don't. I don't really care. I've tried because he seems to be kind of an indie darling at this point, which I'm totally all for. I mean, I love indie movies, and a lot of the stuff that he does is interesting to me. I just, I don't get it. And I, we've talked off air. I think you guys are way more in the RPATS camp at this point. I'm not against this. I'm certainly willing to be proven wrong or to be swayed, I guess. I don't know. But I was... Uh, I, I don't I don't get him. I don't know. I can't I don't know. I'm not I'm just not I'm not right. there. I'm not a, I'm not a fan and I don't know how to be at this point. But uh but, but other you know, than that we, though. But other than that, great casting and I I can't wait. Um but also I don't care because I'm as you well know, I'm I will never anticipate another DC movie until they make several good ones in a row and we still haven't gotten there. So, you know, maybe this is turns out to be fun. Maybe this is the one that will sway me back to the DC camp and I'll feel great about it and I'll look like a fool and Robert Pattinson is the best Batman of all time. But I'm not even that I'm skeptical. I'm just like, eh, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't get it. But Arby. You. Yeah, I, uh, I'm skeptical of the concept of another Batman. I would like, I was thinking about this the other day. If they treated Batman and or Superman like from here on out as like Thanos and just did like 14 movies hinting that, Hey, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming to me. That's cause I'm just so tired of both of those characters. Cause they've, mm-hmm. there's been a movie, a Batman movie of, of some variety, my entire life, every three years, I'm just kind of over it. Um, but I'll think, but taking that out of it, if you have to do it gun to my head, there has to be a Batman. Uh, that's, he's fine. I think he, he's made some really good indie movies the last few years. I think he's turned into a pretty good actor. He's got a good chin, which is stupid, but that matters. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it all depends on if the movies, I think if the, he's one of those, he's very affleck to me, ironically, in that if the movie's good, he's good in it. If the movie's bad, he's really bad in it. He rises mm. and falls to the level of the material. Uh, and so it all just matters if this is good or not. I don't, I don't think he'll, he won't ruin a good Batman movie. I don't think he's that, he's that actor. Right. Um, so if it, the movie's fine, he'll be fine. I just don't care about Batman, but, but, uh, and then the other, my, the last piece of it is it, who, who I don't have, I'm out of people that I want to be Batman. So it's not like I'm like, Oh man, uh, Pattinson got it. I was really hoping for, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family to be Batman, but I guess it's got to be Pattinson. It's like I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not bummed out. I don't have a. Sure. I'm out sure. of Batman. So like Jim Parsons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wave my cape like I just do not care. <laughs> um, but yeah. So gosh, dude, <laughs> Cooper. This last weekend was watching. This is a total non sequitur. He was watching some uh, some DVD or something, mm-hmm. and it had a preview of that movie on it. Yeah. And by the way, he would we I took him to see that in theaters just because it was an animated movie. He like has zero recollection of it, does not mm-hmm. care whatsoever. And this is a kid who, I mean, every single movie he's ever seen, he's like, "Well, that's the best movie I've ever seen." And this is the one outlier that he just does not <laughs> care about. Doesn't even recollect that, seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just nothing. Doesn't care at all. But that it came on, and I just am sitting in the in the living room, just giggling to myself because all like it's that impression is so spot on. It's just a per, it's a perfect Jim Parsons in weird alien movie animated movie impression. I'm I'm so impressed by it. Oh well, Kent and I both are are honored because we both. It's a, it's a dual impression. It's like we combine skulls in a weird way to do it. Uh, but uh, it's like Pacific Rim. Where- <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> <laughs> Going and drift and 
And your kaiju is yeah. Jim Parsons. I wait that like, I just do not care. It's I don't know why that's st- I was, you know, I don't remember. I think I was watching this is weird. It was it was Sarah and I were we were watching a lot of either Food Network or HGTV at the time, which is often, but at the time that's like all we were watching and and they there's a big ad buy by that movie on one of those. Uh, and that trailer played every commercial break, so it's burned into my brain. Jeez. Um, Glad but we didn't have to do that one for the pod. But, I did um, a solo episode. I have it in the can whenever you're ready. Sorry I brought, sorry I brought up Jim Parsons. <laughs> no, but yeah, so if, if there's, <laughs> anyway, Pattinson's fine with me because who cares? I'm not, it, it's not, not the cost of any other Batman that I would be interested in. But That's Kent, fair. what about you? You know what? I'm all, I'm, I might not be uh, for uh, another Batman movie, but I'm all for unconventional choices as a Batman because to Richard's point, we have run out of conventional uh, ideas for people. I mean, they've all been taken by Marvel or X-Men or what, what have you. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm way more intrigued by this than you guys are. Um, I've, have you, if you haven't seen this movie, good time that Robert Pattinson did a couple years ago, I believe it was 2017 uh, Oscar season that it uh that it came out but it's um it's definitely more of an indie movie but uh if you're looking for something Robert Pattinson's in that's not twilight that kind of shows you this side of him that that probably Matt Reeves uh, saw that Christopher Nolan saw to cast him in this new in his new movie then uh then you check out that movie it's called Good Time but um but yeah uh, uh you really don't know until you know what direction they're going to go with this um you know, if he, it, if it's a new age of Batman, then that we're not kind of expecting. If we're if we're trying to fit Robert Pattinson into the template of what we think Batman is, what we want it to be, then it's probably not going to work. In the same way that we didn't think Christian Bale, and Christopher Nolan, and Heath Ledger would work in Joel Schumacher's version or Tim Burton's version of Batman, until uh, Christopher Nolan kind of reinvented what he thought Batman should be. So if Matt Reeves has that same impact and vision for this, then I'm all for it. Um, you got to trust uh, the director and honestly, the freedom to, to cast him is, is pretty cool. Um, because the other choice, the other name that was out there was Nick Holt, I believe. Um, and so I think I'm all for Robert Pattinson over Nick Holt as our next uh, Batman. I think that's a more exciting choice, a more daring choice. Um, we don't know who the villain's going to be. We don't know about yeah, the supporting could, if cast. If we had Nick Holt, we could do a about a boy uh, <laughs> recast and have Hugh Grant as Alfred. Now you're in, right? Brian's in on that. I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm in yeah, for Hugh obviously. Grant as anything. Hugh yeah. Grant as Alfred is actually <laughs> yeah. one of my best ideas. I just came up with that it. That is a great <laughs> idea. Just super dismissive. Yeah, dismissive. Yeah. Bruce <laughs> slash like Bruce. Grumpy like, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> We've done drunk, drunk Alfred. So now we go to dismissive Alfred. Yeah. What are other? What are some other? Just to wrap Plus, this up, um, the odds of what, him crapping on DC during the press tour are like easy. So he one hundred percent. Yeah, that would be the best. <laughs> um, just to wrap this up before we uh, move on to Aladdin talk, um, what's some other kind of dream casting choices for this? Uh, this new, this new Batman. I threw the idea of Cranston as Commissioner Gordon out there the other day. Um, I could see that uh, happening. Yeah. That would be my kind of dream commissioner, Gordon, going forward, be mm. Cranston, the mustache. Mm. What about you guys? Uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld as the Riddler? Seinfeld as Gordon. What is Gordon. the deal with Batman? 
I just want Seinfeld in the DC. He's such a big Superman and Batman fan. I think we just put him in. Oh, that would be honestly an <laughs> awesome little uh, Easter egg. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in that. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm interested in comedians in Batmobiles uh, drinking coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly think they go a, a way different direction with this than with, than we all expect. Hopefully, um, I think that's their mm-hmm. only the only logical thing to do with this yeah. is completely reset it and go and do a complete 180 with it. Uh, that's that's yeah. my hope is go Batman beyond with it. And he's in all, he's in all black. It's futuristic. He's in a flying car instead of a Batmobile kind of thing, you know, set in the future. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe JJ Watt as Robin. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, you know, I, that, 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 that would be the only way that it would win me over is a movie's good. B, uh, (laughs) new vision for Batman, new direction. Yeah. And see uh, hope for Robert Pattinson because the movie can be good and he can suck. That's definitely a uh, a likely scenario. Uh, I mean, I something disagree. that could possibly happen. I, I think he'll just rise to whatever. I'm I opposite. thought the Dark Knight was 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 pretty good, and I I don't think Christian Bale was great as Batman. He's not even my favorite Batman. Um, I thought the uh, you know the villains are what what uh, stood out in all of those movies to me, except for Batman Begins, which is about Batman beginning, but uh, yeah. he was never, I don't yeah. know. He never leapt off the screen to me. Um, He's grounded. I just mean, I don't think he'll be as bad much enough as Keaton to ruin did anything. Or anything like that, but go ahead. I just mean, he won't be bad enough to ruin anything. I think he'll just be fine. Yeah. If the movie's yeah. good, he'll be like, all right, you're all right. Like Bale. Yeah. Sure. I do like the idea of doing one of the various non-traditional Batman, the Batman beyond or, the, I don't know, Batman 3000, whatever, like all the various spinoffs of Batman or the various versions of Batman. I think that would be a smart, I think that would be a smart decision just to, if for no other reason than to, you can kind of reset your timeline, you can reset your universe, and you can get some distance between this Batman and both the Ben Affleck Batman that didn't go over well and the Nolan Bale Batman that did go over so well mm-hmm. and just kind of make it its own thing. Cause there are, I mean, I'm, you know, not a, by any means a comic book expert at all. And there are a dozen different <laughs> Batmans, you know? Yeah. So you, sh- you should probably do one of those instead of the traditional Bruce Wayne Batman, I think. Well, they'll bring uh, the time travel element into this somehow, you know, uh, with DC and then they'll just be like, all right, well, Batman can be set in the year 3000 and Aquaman can be set in the past and Shazam can be wherever and Wonder Woman can be wherever and we'll just time travel them all together into one movie eventually. And they meet up at the gym every week. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's uh, take a little break here. Welcome in our guest. And it's time, guys, to talk about a lot. Three years ago, we took you on a magical journey under the sea. Last year, we took you to a place where a beautiful girl looked into the heart of a beast and found the man of her dreams. Now, come with us and enter a whole new world beyond your imagination where a boy discovers a magic lamp and a genie. Who else will slip? Let me 
living that life, some consider a mess. Rock from South Street to one, two, fifth. Women used to tease me, give it to me now. Nice and we're welcomed by our friend and guest, Amanda, to Mad About Movies. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, of course. We're excited to talk about this Aladdin remake because uh, we know Brian uh, wasn't on a couple episodes ago because he was camped out in the past 14 days uh, <laughs> in a sweaty tent anticipating this. Um, we know uh, Richard's thoughts on that as we had uh, talked about in the segment before this. But uh, Amanda, what, were you excited about uh, Aladdin going into this? Are you um, excited about these Disney remakes? Um, I'm excited about them overall. It's just like kind of nostalgic. It's it's fun to watch them on the on the big screen and everything. Um, I was expecting this to be a pretty average, like probably not one of their better remakes, but definitely not the worst. Um, but I always loved Aladdin, so I was really excited going into it. That's the same for me. Um, I was a huge fan of Aladdin growing up. Uh, believe it or not, again though, Turner Jafar. Yeah, only uh, Dan Castellaneta's performance. Uh, only in the B team Disney animators, not yeah. the main. Robin Williams A-team. really ruined it for you. Yeah, was- I only like every other frame animated, not every frame animated, <laughs> which is what you get with that one. Um, yeah, go back and watch that if you've never seen Return of Jafar. It is it's horrendous. Um, but having said that, I was a I was a big Aladdin uh, kid. Growing up, uh, for sure. This was um, this was a, a regular rotation in my uh, VCR growing up. And um, Brian, what is uh, what was your precursor to Aladdin? Oh, to this one or yeah. uh, the uh, yeah? Look, I was uh, I feel like I was a little more optimistic about it than you guys were, if I remember correctly. It just it didn't seem like the worst idea. Having seen the movie, I, I was not a big fan of the trailers. The stills with Will Smith made me very sad and uncomfortable. It just seemed like, oh no, this is not going the way that we wanted to. Having seen the movie, um, I felt like I was. I felt like I. I can. I get why it exists. <laughs> like I can see the purpose behind it. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I'm not sure that the execution was what we wanted from it, but I didn't. I don't know. I guess I've kind of given up the fight against remakes and reboots and all that sort of stuff. And I just think they're going to exist and we're just going to have to live with it and hope that each one that they make, whether it's Disney or whatever, Warner Brothers or TriStar or whatever, that they will make good, that they'll, they'll make, pick the right movies, make good remakes and reboots and all that and just go with it. I, and that's kind of the idea of like, is this movie necessary or not? Like, I just think that war is over and we, and, and we maybe just have to let it go. Cause it's, it doesn't really matter. It's not about, because what's necessary at the end of the day is get them checks. And that's all that really matters. So just please make them good. When you do that is all we can, well, all we can really ask, I think. Yeah. I mean, I want to go to our guests for, for more insight. I, I was, you know, I loved Aladdin as a kid. I'm right in that wheelhouse. I was probably, what year did this come out, Brian? 93? 92. Yeah. You, yeah, didn't, you didn't do our throwback. throwback. So we haven't, so we haven't heard uh, your, your Aladdin, Aladdin take. I'm six when it comes out. I remember being really into it. I, I'm weird, though. I, I, At a certain point, I just never watched any of those ever again. Not 
making any kind of statement like I'm a teenager now or something, but I left all that behind. And so, uh, you know, I just forgot it. I mean, I, I, the plot, I, I mean, I just remembered it was, there was a monkey and Jafar and, um, Robin Williams. I mean, that was, it's just very clouded. Like most memories when you're six, seven years old, I just never kept up with it. Uh, so, but I, I loved it as a kid. It's one of those, I'm right in that wheelhouse. It's the perfect age for it. And, and it was great. And, uh, and that and Lion King and Little Mermaid and and those films are kind of right in my that was my sweet spot at that time. But uh, mm-hmm. but I don't remember the plots of any of those. So so it was it was a rediscovery for me of 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 this with this one. Oh thank God what a what a what a rollicking ride. But I was you know these were the Jungle Book was very good a couple years ago. So I assumed that you know Disney tends to they they miss sometimes, but they make a lot. You know it's like a six to one ratio on good to bad on stuff. They, at least in the quality of it, it's normally very well done. So I assume this would be fine. Guy Ritchie has made movies. I liked movies. I disliked. He's, he, I thought this world would be kind of interesting for his style. And so I was optimistic, but like you, Brian, you start seeing stills and, and, and trailers and, and things. And, and that's slightly uh, alarming, but you, you know, you put your head down and hope that the, the finished product works in it. And honestly, it was fine. I, you know, on the whole, I was, it was, it wasn't nearly as bad as some of the marketing pieces that are, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. But Kent, go ahead. What about you? Yeah, I was all for uh, the Aladdin property being made into uh, a live action movie. I was a little confused that um, they released this one when they did because I thought this was one of the bigger properties that they had and they would have saved this one for later. I think we've talked about that uh, on the show. But, uh, but having said that, I was, I was, um, optimistic when they announced that this was being turned live action, but um, I turned pessimistic when I started hearing the people uh, that were going to do it. Um, I'm a Will Smith fan, but uh, I knew that this would not do him any favors <laughs> right now, um, considering what he's trying to do. Uh, you know, um, I think we, we talked about uh, Jim Carrey the other day and his involvement in the Sonic movie and you know, the voice out there of, you know, Jim Carrey's being Jim Carrey again. Um, you know, I think this version of the, you know, the jiggy version of uh, Will Smith, uh, the, the, you know, welcome to Miami version of Will Smith. I think that version kind of died when the year 2000 came in. Um, and I'm not really willing to go back there. Um, so I don't know, maybe Lin-Manuel could have been the genie here. Some, you know, like an up and coming, uh, Broadway, somebody that, uh, I think, uh, our friend at the show, Emily mentioned somebody on Broadway that had played genie, uh, somebody on Broadway that had played genie and the Aladdin on Broadway, somebody like that. Uh, I'm not saying that would have sold any more tickets or anything like that, but I think that was kind of the biggest, my biggest optimism going into it, uh, was the property, but my biggest pessimism was, uh, was Will Smith's, um, what I knew they were going to turn this into with Will Smith. And I was like, Oh no, I just see, I kind of see this coming. And then when we saw that scene of, uh, what was it? Uh, Prince Ali song. They think they dropped the scene of that a few days before this came out. Uh, and I was like, Oh no, Oh no. I think they're trying to drop that to promote the movie. I didn't know if that was a good strategy to get people to go see it. I was like, is this, you're trying right, to get us to see right. it or, show us what we're missing or what. Um, but yeah, so I think they had the right, um, mindset going into this. I mean, 
having said that, I mean, they literally just make the animated version into live action. <laughs> My the, What frustrates me the most about these is that they don't really improve on anything. Um, I understand turning animation into live action, but you got to do more than that. You've got to take something from animation and improve on it or do it in a way that we weren't expecting. Or um, you can't just say, well, isn't this cool? This is an actual, you know, a, a person uh, extending his hand for Jasmine and leading him onto the magic carpet instead of an animated person extending his hand and leading him on the, you know, like things like that, that are supposed to be these great moments. Like you, you think it's going to be this magical thing. And when you see it, it ends up feeling kind of fan filmy because it is so similar to the, um, to the animated version. But, um, I think for, for the most part, the parts that it had to nail, um, some of the dance numbers with the genie and the whole new world song, I thought they nailed those, but everything in between was pretty rough. Uh, and this is about 30 minutes too long. Um, they extend the plot, you know, uh, pretty far at the end with Jafar and like they pretty much do return of Jafar in this. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, that's a problem, but, um, it's got some silver lining, I think. It's not a complete F minus 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 across the board, so I think that's a good thing. But um, but certainly was was one of the one of the worst uh, live action Disney movies that I can remember uh, in quite some time. But um, Brian, um, kind of trail us back to your general thoughts um, on this and um, what your experience was like with this uh, movie. I thought it was. It got better <laughs> as it went. I think that's a plus. Um, the first, I was nervous, just like you said, Kent. That that clip that they released last week or the week before with Prince Ali and the scene, I just thought that that was so just really, really bad. And in the in the context of the movie, it was better. That feels, in hindsight, that feels like an unfinished clip. I don't know why they released that that just didn't that didn't help that didn't play well but it found a footing at some point and it was it had it like i don't know this is a hard one to this is a hard movie to discuss in some ways because it's like there's there's definitely some pluses it's not a complete loss by any means but i feel like most of the things that uh are negatives or that are just straight bad about the movie are the stuff that the I don't mean this in a pretentious way at all because we strive not to be pretentious and I don't, I think we're, we're usually pretty successful at that. At least Kent and I do. Yeah, um, yeah I don't strive but, for that. I don't I want to be pretentious. <laughs> at least Amanda and I do. And, yeah. uh, but, but, but this is the type of movie that like the average moviegoer is not going to notice the stuff that's terrible about it. And so that it just, it, and it's also things that jump out at us, just the way that the, the way that the movie shot and it's strung together and some of the plotting and, and there are several scenes that you're just like, we could cut this so easily. Like this has no bearing on, on what's happening in the movie. And those things don't necessarily jump out to my wife when we go to see a movie together and stuff. And so I thought, look, I thought uh, the cast was, was pretty solid. I thought I liked all most of the, the songs and, and the numbers and whatnot. I I did not like Will Smith and that super bums me out. Cause I, 
I love Will Smith was my favorite actor for 20 years. I mean, I love Will Smith and I love blockbusters and I love the stuff that he did in his heyday. And I want badly for him to not just be good, but be relevant again. I, I just, I would love for that to happen. And I, I don't think it was a bad choice for Disney to pick him. And I don't think it was a bad choice for him to do the movie, but goodness, it, it, it was he was the he was the worst part of the movie and it just was really <laughs> hard it was really hard to watch him at times and you could find spots and little pockets where he felt more comfortable to me and it on screen just was more at ease and then pretty much any time he was doing um it, pretty much any time he was doing the genie <laughs> I, it, it was it was it was so the whole movie. It, it, well, so pretty much any time he was a genie, you couldn't. Anytime yeah. he was being Robin Williams, I was no, oh, okay. I just I just felt uncomfortable, and it 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 felt like he was uncomfortable too, and it just didn't. I don't know. That's what stuck out to me more than anything with this remake versus some of the other remakes is that Disney has planned. Is this one is so much more of a character because that Robin Williams genie supersedes everything else that happens in the 1992 Aladdin movie. And it's, he just dominates what's happening in the movie. And all the other ones we've done up to this point, the characters are there, but the settings and the story is what I think people, I don't know, gravitate to or care about. And those things can be recreated a little bit. It's really hard to recreate an iconic character. And that's, I don't know, that didn't really hit me until 15 minutes into the movie and I was just like, Oh no, I, this, this is dawning on me as we're watching that, uh, this is, this is going to be really difficult and not utter, co- completely pleasant on this front. But I don't know. There were pluses and even some of the minor, the minuses weren't that bad, but they just, <clears throat> after a while it, it's to me, it started to add up and I, I had a hard time with it, but Amanda, we want to hear from you. You, you asked to be, you wanted to be on this episode. So, um, what, what were your general thoughts and, and how did you, how did you feel going in? And, and, and I guess, how'd you feel coming out? We'll try to avoid spoilers and, and hit that in a little bit, but, but where, where'd you, where'd you stand on this? Yeah. So, um, actually a little over a week ago, I went with some of my family to see the musical on Broadway Oh, nice! and, um, yeah, that was really fun. And I was actually expecting like some of like the Broadway songs to be in this movie. And um, I, I didn't get that. There was none of those um, in the movie, which wasn't a bad thing. Um, I liked the songs in the movie and I liked all the um, the original songs from the original movie. I thought they did really well. Um, I liked the way it looked. Um, I thought it was like really fun especially like with the score like it really made it like the whole movie feel like really like um immersive kind of just like really pulled you in sure sure and um i guess that goes back a lot with like the original aladdin score is really good as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought the movie was definitely a bit bit long the pacing was a little bit weird like it felt really like rushed in the beginning and then there was like a lot of scenes like in the middle and towards the end that i didn't need mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, it was, it, I, I really did like it. And um, I think it could have done a little bit more to like set it apart from the original. Um, a lot of it, not a lot of it, I guess, but there was definitely some like shot for shot remake scenes in it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess my favorite part of it was like the music and the score. Sure. The whole thing. They did one thing to set it apart. Uh, cut in there is you know thirsty genie 
definitely was a fan of that. I didn't touch on that. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was it was funny. I I uh, I've I've always had a huge crush on Nassim Petrata. So I, however I say it, I can't. I, I but uh, so I was with him on that. I was Team Genie on that. But it was weird, Genie, like getting you know, much more of a wingman in the animated version, and then kind of like cuts in. He's like getting in on it himself. You know, you wonder. But uh, ten thousand years, man. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, those are yeah. No, so. so <laughs> um, but this was uh, <laughs> a full e break there by me. You guys, you're welcome. Um, but <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was. I thought they, the I want to say human cask is like uh, not not Will Smith, which, which by the way, totally defensible to like hire Will Smith on this. Uh, I get it. You know, I, I think that's a really actually interesting and cool choice and, and, and totally defensible by Will Smith to take this part, though it is daunting with a lot of obviously history behind it. But but uh, just I, it, those two, those two good intentions did not match. And but everything else I thought was actually cool. I, I was I really found every you know, Scott especially was lovely. And I thought that every mm. everything else really worked on some level, not on every level, but there was stuff to like. You know, when you see Brian, as you mentioned, when you see those clips, excuse me, that come out last week, and you see some of the trailers, I mean, I was ready to think this is going to be the worst movie of the year. It's not. Sure. So, like, yeah. in a weird way, <laughs> I enjoyed it more because it was just so much better than I. I mean, I went in. You know, you guys know me. Uh, I'm not. I don't hide things well. I mean, I was crawling inside <laughs> myself rectally. I was so not wanting to see this, <laughs> and so. Whoa. Yeah, no, it's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. And so I was so terrified and just, you know, my shoulders were down and I was so ready to hate this for two hours. How, or in my you, case, how long did an you hour and five minutes. Well, I, <laughs> I, uh, I made the fatal mistake of, uh, I never do this, of taking uh, people in my house to whom I'm related by marriage. I don't want to name names mm, to it. So, mm-hmm. so I could not uh, leave. This is why I solo it to most movies because then I'm a master of my own domain. But it's it turns out wives, girlfriends, and I have both. Both don't uh, like it when you uh, leave them in a theater like, alone. Honey, she might end up with Jafar. We got to stay. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. We so don't know. it's it it turns out. But but no, I I uh, we stayed for the whole thing. And it, it, you know, it was it was as expected, uh, or not as expected. It was better than expected, but. I'm very torn on this, and uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't good. I don't know what, <laughs> but I, I know it wasn't bad too. In a weird way, it was yeah. just. It was just this. It was. It was. Uh, Amanda is right. There's a lot to like about it. Kent's also right. There's a lot to to nitpick. But you know, I I look at these and the as these. I can't help but look at these as these revenue generating machines, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it was it was really smart to make it. It was probably really smart to make it as they made it. Maybe if you make a different genie choice, I would have gone and Brian and you and I talked about it, obviously. And we'll say it in unison. One, two, three. Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just thought somebody random. Uh, no, but, but, <laughs> um, but <laughs> that makes me laugh. No, but I get the Will Smith thing. It didn't work, whatever. But other than that, which is a big other than that, because that's a huge part of the film, it, it was fine. Uh, but, but not nothing I will ever see again. And now, but I think Favreau's a little more consistent with only really one bad movie. 
Cowboys and Aliens that he's made. So I think uh, I'm, I'm I'm still optimistic for Lion King. I'll shut up now because who would ever care? But that's it. Yeah. Oh wow. Lay a lot out there on the table for me. Where do I? What what uh, direction do I go in next? Um, I do. Ken. Yeah, you're good at that. You uh, you lay it up on the tee and let me knock it out of the park. Um, I don't know. We're playing tee ball all of a sudden. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just uh, talking about the casting a little bit. Um, I understand the Will Smith stuff too. You got to have somebody that can uh, do humor, um, music a little bit um, reminds you of the nineties in a way too, which is the time when this movie, I mean, seriously um, that's yeah. part of it. Um, of reminding you, making you feel of making it feel like Aladdin. Um, and I think they probably would have had Robin Williams had he been around, you know? Um, and that would have probably worked a lot better than this did. Um, but I couldn't get over the whole, the digital double thing and, you know, Will Smith's face just never looked right. Like his pasted on a, a genie. Yeah. Um, the body was weird. Um, the only time it ever worked for me was whenever they were doing really weird stuff with it. Uh, you know, when they would, he would have two heads or it would morph into like a telescope and stuff, you know, like the weird stuff they would do with the genie and um, how he was always shape shifting and stuff. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff really works, I think with this, but when he was just the blue genie going, walking around and stuff, uh, that was weird. So I, I'm glad they kept, they made him turn into regular Will Smith in that one scene. I thought that was clever of them to keep him because we had that thought Brian in our throwback episode of, I wonder if it's going to be blue genie or regular Will Smith, the rest of the movie or how, how much we're going to get of each. And I thought they, thought it was uh, I guess fair amount of blue genie, but uh, yeah. what about, what'd you think about that, Brian? It's a lot of blue genie. Uh, you're right. I didn't. I thought it looked didn't always look right. Face didn't always match the body. It's. I just will. I'm. I'm. I'm bummed. <laughs> but will Smith. Can't I just, get over it. I can't get over it. He just. It just reeked of desperation to me, yeah. and I. I don't want to feel that way because I love Will Smith, and I want. I so badly want him to figure it out again, and I think he's. I think he's capable. I think he's a rangy actor. I've always, I'm, not that I've had to defend Will Smith, because Will Smith is one of the, I don't know, five biggest movie stars, maybe of all time. But like, we're in a bad spot, man. And this, I just felt like the whole time he was on screen, I was just kind of cringing because it just, I felt like I could see the desperation in his eyes of like, guys, I really need this to work. And I, I just... I was uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable the whole time. And I th- I thought he was better when he was not in blue body paint and in Tobias Bluth get up and whatnot. I thought he was better. Um, I thought that uh, he had some chemistry with um, – well, what that really, I mean, he, that's one of his strengths, right, is just having chemistry with people. He's really yeah. good at creating chemistry. Um, he was very much so – very much had that with – with the guy who plays Aladdin, uh, uh, Mina Musad, really had that, and um, and and throughout the rest with you know with the other characters, but when he's when he's there digitally, when he's in the blue, the the, the uh, it's not a costume, but he's when he's digitized. I don't know. There just was a difference, and it it really was hard to it was hard to get over, and it was hard to 
stay with at times because I just I felt like I needed to look away from the screen. I just was I was uncomfortable with with where he was at, and it and it super bummed me out. I don't know that I lay a lot of this at Guy Ritchie's feet. I think to me that's the it, even more so than Will Smith. That was the biggest takeaway. Is like. Hey, maybe Guy Ritchie's just not a good director. Maybe that's where we're at at this point. I don't know that I was ever super in Guy Ritchie camp, but I liked those Sherlock movies. And there's a certain, there's a, some fun to Snatch and Lockstock and 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 all those movies. Those were never like my my favorite movies, but but they there's a style to them and they they have something going. I don't know why you hire Guy Ritchie. I said this when we did that that terrible King Arthur movie. I don't know why you hire Guy Ritchie and then don't make a Guy Ritchie movie. And this is not a Guy Ritchie movie. He's I felt like was very clearly uncomfortable with the the choreography, with the the, the pacing, like you mentioned Amanda was pretty bad through a lot of it. It just I don't know what, if you're going to do this movie and have it be a musical and have it kind of look like a play throughout, then why don't you just hire Kenny Ortega, the guy who did like high school musical and newsies and that sort of stuff, because that's what he's good at. And that's what he's known for. And if you're not going to have really any of the kind of Guy Ritchie style, then then what's the point of paying Guy Ritchie to, to direct this movie? I, I, I just, I think that that, I think you anybody could have done snake. a better that job. That scene actually that. got cut. Actually. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe he was just, pissed about that and he stopped yeah. he stopped trying hard when when they cut that out of the script yeah. but i don't know i i felt like um i felt like a lot of things could have been better with a with a frankly just a better director i just don't think guy Ritchie's good and maybe we just i don't know if that's a i don't know if that's a take or if everybody's like yeah man guy Ritchie suck i have no clue but that it just stuck me throughout this movie like why don't we just have somebody who's really good at doing choreography and filming choreography and putting musicals on screen why don't we just have somebody like that record i mean uh direct this movie instead of paying whatever we got to pay guy Ritchie? maybe that would have made it three percent better to 20 percent. i don't know i don't know but it, it it just felt like there wasn't a lot of knowledge and comfort on the other side of the of the uh camera yeah i feel like if you're going to make a movie that like this and make it live action at least make it look realistic it looked terrible to me. It looked super fake, plasticky, super saturated. The colors looked bad. Like normally a movie like this, I would think the costuming would really sing. The only the only uh, time it does is Jasmine and Nassim Pedrad's uh, costumes are great. You know, they're all their dresses mm-hmm. and all that. But like, why did they make Aladdin wear a red vest with a purple cap instead of a purple vest with a red cap? Like the, the things that they chose to change in this movie are so confusing to me. Like, like he, he, when he is like getting the lamp and he doesn't go up a staircase, he goes up like a, he climbs up like a giant phallus to like get the lamp. (laughs) But like, that's not cinematic. Like that, that staircase is super, looks great on screen. Like I would love to see that in live action, like certain things in this that would have played well in live action. They changed for no reason that I can think of other than to be like, see, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like the animated version. See, but those certain, some of those things I think would have done really well. Uh, to me, I compared this the most to the beauty and the beast movie that we Mm -hmm. got in terms of the, uh, songs that they added. The Jasmine songs were awful. I thought, um, I mean, they added. She was like, good. She, she was, was a good she was singer. Very she good. had great presence. Yeah. But but you're right. I thought the a two lot of songs, songs. One was called. Uh, um, I got it written down here. Um, 
I can't stay silent uh, anymore, yeah. or something like Speak. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah. one, um, that was rough. But uh, I see where they were going with adding new stuff. But to me, like, you can't have it both ways, On honestly. To, like, if you're going to make remake this, like, dude, get us out of here in 90 minutes. Just remake the mm-hmm. animated one mm-hmm. and be like, gosh, okay, yeah, cool, let's go. Instead of, like, two hours and ten minutes and trying to make this big epic. And Jafar is the, was the least menacing villain. Yeah. I think I've yeah. ever he sat and he was it was Peter Sellers from Doctor Strange Loves like basically <laughs> was what he was doing and I I couldn't couldn't buy that as at least like overdub it with a a deep voice like I couldn't I couldn't understand that that casting choice maybe he's a really famous actor that I'm not aware of he's on you know there's a lot of Netflix shows Hulu shows out there that uh, you know maybe he's he brings an audience that I'm not aware of but I thought it, thought that was a miscast on Jafar yeah but, uh, I. I would agree. I, the representation piece of this is important and is great. And I'm, I'm, I thought that overall, especially the two leads, I thought they were both really good and had a lot of charisma, which is in some ways is like half the battle. Can you just be interesting on screen? Um, both Mina Masad and, 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 uh, Naomi Scott, but yeah, uh, the Marwin Kinzar, yeah, he, to me, he left a lot to be desired as, I get what he, what they were kind of going for. It just didn't. I don't know. It, it, some of that may be direction as well, but I, he, I don't know. That that left that left a lot on the table for me. That could have been could have been a lot better. I actually didn't mind the Iago bird because I thought they were going to push that to the extreme, and it, and it wasn't as annoying. They didn't actually get Gilbert Gottfried uh, to do it. Sadly, unfortunately. Richard. Yeah, that would have been good. I'm all in. All, all in on all things Gilbert. Um, I did like the musical numbers. The uh, Never Had a Friend Like Me song um, and A Whole New World, like I mentioned, I thought were good. And the Prince Ali one was actually pretty good on screen. I think a lot of this just plays way better on a big screen. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, we're going to watch this on our TV and we'll be like, wow, that was way worse than I remember it being on the podcast, you know? Because a lot of this was, I think, meant for the big screen. and uh, Sure. It certainly works um, in that aspect. But um, Amanda, you, you mentioned you've just seen, seen the, the musical, so, so you, 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 have, you, have you have a little, little more familiarity with all that stuff as well. But what, 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 were the, what were the musical, musical numbers, the numbers that worked for you, and, and, were, there and were there any that didn't? Um, uh, the Friend Like Me song was like really great um, in the Broadway musical. I didn't really like it as much um, in the movie. Not, I guess not really because Will Smith. I don't know. Maybe it was just like the rest of it, like the effects and everything that I didn't really like. Um, but overall, like all the um, actors and, and everyone in the, in the uh, musical was really great. And it was like a little bit different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline, because like um, Aladdin didn't have Abu. He had like two other uh, or three other friends that were in it and they had a couple songs. Um, and I really liked that as well. Um, mm-hmm. but Abu's cool too. <laughs> sure. 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 You know what? If, if, uh, you know, I think, uh, Aladdin's actually a, a public domain property or the 40 thieves story is, uh, um, a public domain property. What actually really worked for me was this, like you said, Brian, the stuff without the genie, it's actually pretty good. The romantic 
uh, story is good. I think the Aladdin as a thief running around the city and get, and running away from everybody is was done pretty well. I think Guy Ritchie actually uh, did some. Uh, you know, you could see his style uh, very well in those types of scenes. But uh, once the genie came in, it just immediately. I mean, Disney fies the whole thing. But uh, honestly. In, it's kind of in between some of the song segments and the Disney uh, genie stuff that uh, you sort of forget what you're watching, and it's actually pretty enjoyable for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I hate that yeah, I said good. that. They're going to put that <laughs> out of context. That's, that's going to be on the poster. Actually, yeah. pretty enjoyable. Kent Gershwin. Dead gummit. <laughs> no, but you're right, though. That's, it's, I don't know. It, it like, it, you, you can kind of talk yourself into, I don't want to say talk yourself into liking because I liked good good stretches of it, but there were just so many times where it it's like it kind of killed its own momentum. Every ten minutes, you kind of pop up and remind you, "Hey, this was Robin Williams and it was awesome, and now it's kind of not awesome." And it it was that was hard. It was hard to sit there. And I I thought some of the set pieces too looked way more uh, stagey than I want in my movies, and that was not my favorite thing like the the look of the the city was cool and the the use of the colors and the various uh you know the the costumes and stuff well, that was all really good but so, i don't know there was something about the set pieces and the way that they were shot that just it made me feel like i was at the bass hall or something and that was that's i don't know i don't like that i never liked remi- that in a movie it reminded me a lot of the sega genesis video game aladdin for some reason i was having flashbacks <laughs> wow that is a good flashback to- to beat it at all, I couldn't. That game drove me crazy when I was a kid. So it was traumatic for me. I'm triggered. <laughs> there was a uh, part in here where um, he turns in, into Prince Ali, the genie does, and he says, won't people recognize me? And then he says, no, that's how genie magic works. I kind of like that. Same. And, Same and it, it wears off, doesn't it? At one point, like she ends up recognizing him. And I was thinking to myself, okay, there's a plot hole. Like, why does she know who he is and all this? Um, now when he says that she, he won't be recognized, but then he says, why, why do people recognize me now? You know, like they kind of address it pretty cleverly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I liked that, um, inclusion or how they, sure. how they went about that. Cause in animation, you can do those things and you can't really do that in, uh, in live action. Yeah. Get away yeah, with it. Nearly as easily. Um, let's see. Nassim uh, and the genie dating. I already mentioned that. Uh, dance off. I have dance off written down here. Don't remember that, but I'm sure it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of choreography there. It was, it was good though. It was good choreography. It looked good. Did it? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I thought so too. Look, I don't my I, don't I, I literally there, don't remember it at all. It must have been. I, it, I, I don't know. I wish that it would have been a little tighter on on that stuff. My wife is a choreographer. She loved it. She thought it was great. So I kind of have to like acquiesce to her and be like, you you know way better than I do. I, I just wish that, like I said at the outset, I wish that it would have been just straight up that that stuff would have been directed by somebody who actually knows choreography and musicals and dance numbers and all that sort of stuff because it, it was kind of hit or miss for me. But I thought that was, I thought that sequence, the dance-off thing was was well done and illustrated what did a good job of of incorporating what's happening in the story into what's happening in the choreography. And then the whole Prince Ali introduction, that choreography was great. And it, Will Smith was not great, but the whole 
thing behind it with all the the dancers and the presentation of the gifts and the the uh, the monkeys and the elephants and all that stuff. That was great, and it looked it that was probably to me it was probably the best scene in the movie. Like it looked awesome on screen, um, and the choreography there was 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 good, it was adequate at least. And um, maybe you didn't need too much awesome there just because the whole thing is such a spectacle to a certain extent um i hate to compare this keep comparing this to um to beauty and the beast but um you know you want to see some of these uh scenes get elevated in live action some of these song sequences but they keep casting people who sing way worse than the animated versions so it's hard to elevate them if I remember Emma Watson coming out on the Beauty and the Beast <laughs> being like, little town. And I was like, oh no, oh God. <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah, first yeah. note of the whole movie. I was like, yeah. oh geez, <laughs> we're in for a, a great two hours here. But it wasn't it wasn't quite to that extent. But ja- I thought Jasmine was maybe the only character that like lived up to what what they should bring in terms of uh, the singing chops that you got to have for for one of these Disney movies. I think yeah. that you, these are, this is the peak of, um, I don't know, musical theater or whatever you want to call it. I would think would be being one of these movies. So, um, they should be the best of the best is who they got. So, um, this mm-hmm. might be the best, maybe the best Aladdin we'll ever get. Um, if, if that's, sure. uh, maybe the last sure. Aladdin we'll ever get. I don't see if yeah. Aladdin, the return of Jafar live actions, not in the cards. Hope, hopefully not. <laughs> um, okay. That's kind of all I got on on this one. Whatever you guys uh, ready for grades, Richard? Ready to roll? Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, RB, what you got for for grade? I'm sorry. I yeah, I'm gonna go. This is lower and higher both than I thought. I'm <laughs> gonna go with a C plus. Oh wow! I have emphasis on the C, emphasis on the plus. <laughs> um, let's go, uh, Amanda. I'm gonna go um, B minus. I really liked it; like it was really nostalgic and everything. I liked it was actually better than I was expecting it to be. I was like a little bit nervous about it, um, but yeah, overall, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed. Awesome, Brian. I expected it to be like a C to a C minus. It was a, it was it was better than what I was anticipating by the time we actually got to the movie. It still feels disappointing in some ways. I gosh. Uh I'm going to go I'm going to go C plus as well. I've given out a ton of B minus and C plus this year. It's a weird it's like my yeah. least favorite grade, Same. but that's where we have resided a lot in 2019. So it's not a complete waste by any means. And it was fun, and my kid loved it, and my wife loved it, and all my friends love it. It's And it was it was fine. I certainly didn't hate my experience. It just it feels like a really easy – it could really easily be cleaned up into a B plus, but it is what it is. So C plus for me. What about you, Kent? Yeah. Um I I was slightly lower grade than you guys. I'm going to go with a straight C on this one. Um, I did not enjoy my experience nearly as much as you guys, but I'm only slightly lower on the grade scale. <laughs> um, I, it does get a pass to me. I think it, it does what it sets out to do. Um, 
does it in the kind of the worst possible way though. Um, I think this movie is, it's, it's easy to do. It's, it's honestly, this is an easy movie to make and they kind of, they messed it up. They, this should have been an easy a honestly. Um, but, uh, Mm. it, uh, was a C sadly triple C. Um, okay. uh, Let's hit those, uh, weekly recommends before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. All right, guest Amanda, do you have something you you would like to recommend to uh, the Mad About Movies listeners? Yes, my weekly recommend is a new miniseries on HBO. It's Chernobyl. Um, I just started watching it, so I'm not like completely up to date on it, but it's like really powerful. It's really good. I recommend it. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. Is it a documentary uh, miniseries or a uh, narrative uh, miniseries? Narrative it's more of like a narrative, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, cool. It's really well done. No, I have nice. not. Uh, I've Once the Thrones ended, I, I I turned off HBO, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't get sucked <laughs> in again for yeah. quite a while right? because yeah. it's easy to it's easy to do. I've been waiting on the binge on that, I mean, I think the season finale, the last episode is this Sunday, so I think I'll watch it all once it's once it's done. But I'm, I'm very interested. Very interested. It's a good plan. Awesome. What about you, Richard? What's your recommend? Yeah, I'm going to do a show. I'd say, you know, as most of my recommends are, they're true TV shows, but this is also on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> funny little show with the wonderful Andrea Savage called I'm Sorry. Have you guys seen the show? Really easy watch, mm-hmm. funny little sitcom, lots of good laughs in it. And uh, yeah, no, super funny. Not really a kind of thing I would normally uh, recommend, but, but uh, I've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, that's it. I've got some other big ones coming, but I got to finish everything. I've got a lot of books and stuff I'm finishing. But that one, my wife always has it on, and I I really enjoy it with her. So that's it. Nice, nice. Be go. I'm going to recommend a show as well. I've I've recommended this in the past, but a new season of it dropped. So it's and we just wife and I just finished it last night. It's it's very good. Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime. The great Giovanni Ribisci, and it's you know I'm a sucker for anything that's con man related, and it's uh, yeah it was fun. It's a lot of fun. It's it's Ribisci's great, esteemed character actress uh, Margot Martindale, American Treasure. She's outstanding, and it's a fun cast. The story kind of goes all over the place. This last season um, took them kind of out of where they had been in the previous two seasons, and kind of went on a road trip with the various characters and stuff and it's 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 really fun it's not as prestige and and hardcore you must pay attention to every single frame as some of the you know some of those other great quote-unquote great best tv shows are but it's but it's also a lot more fun than some of those shows are and and uh yeah i highly recommend it. a lot a lot easy watch lots of fun and if you like if you like con men you like uh a good a good con this is Right up your alley. So season three, Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime. Awesome, Beagle. I appreciate that uh, weekly recommend from you, from Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend a movie that just uh, recently hit the streaming services, the Netflixes, the the on-demands, and the Blu-rays, I believe. Um, (laughs) It's The Old Man and the Gun. Brian and I uh, reviewed it this past uh, year. But if you haven't gotten a chance to see it, it's a good time to to seek it out, find it. Um, it's uh, Robert Redford, uh, Sissy Spacek, uh, Danny Glover, Casey Affleck, uh, written and directed by Sir David Lowry, 
um, mm-hmm. of a ghost story in Pete's Dragon fame. Up, uh, this is a really um, exciting up and coming director that we're excited about. And um, so, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this one, it's a it's a true story about a uh, a guy who is a re- kind of a retired bank robber and can't stay retired. He just he's like into his seventies and he's still kind of robbing banks. So it's that story and it's uh it's really good. So uh Old Man in the yeah. Gun is what it's called. If you are interested in that, seek that out on the on demand service or uh streaming service uh of your choice. So nice. it's my recommend. And then nice. listen to our episode because we would yeah. appreciate that. Love that movie. Very good. Good one. Good one. Fort Worth Zone, David Lowry. Woo. There you go. Shouts. Um okay, Amanda, thanks for joining us for Aladdin yeah, talk. Um, thank you for your perspective on the Broadway musical and all that. Um, I'm sure that was a good time. I'll have to check that out. Um, but, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? If, uh, the listener would like to follow you on social media, maybe if they would I do like not to have a Twitter, but my Instagram is Amanda underscore Nicotra. All right, there you go. Get on the IG. Um, okay, Brian, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will actually be out this week. I lied last week. It will definitely be out this week by, uh, by Thursday. Something, a little piece by me and a piece by RB as well. So, RB, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social media at Richard Barden. And not picking nits, but Dave Lowry lives in Dallas and he's from Irving. So don't Fort Worth Son of him. a gun. Yeah, Son sorry. Gun. You know, we mm, get all the good ones, well, including myself. So I'm cutting ties with him immediately. <laughs> Kent, uh, what about you? Find me all on uh, social media at Kent Garrison on, on pretty much all platforms and uh, find our show madaboutmoviespodcast.com and madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP if you'd like all of our bonus episodes. Uh, we're talking Harry Potter 3 in the VIP this uh, coming week, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, and I'm continuing my journey into to Harry Potter for the first time. So hear my thoughts and hear Richard and Brian know way more than me about Harry Potter in that episode uh, coming very soon. So thank you for joining us uh, next week. Uh, we're talking Godzilla, I think, King of the Monsters, and uh, that should be a rocking time. But until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yeah, yeah.